Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Fraud is the daughter of greed. John Grant. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice. Right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Ruhani, and today's topic is all about identity theft and fraud. Right now, I'll be sharing some interesting and worrying facts about identity and identity theft. And Hannah, our other host, will be joining us in the later segments. So here is the first fact that I found quite interesting. Um, identity theft cost people in the U.S. $56 billion in 2020. So that's pretty much like over 49 million people that were victims. And it resulted in $13 billion in damages from traditional identity theft, such as people losing their information through data breaches and similar attacks. One of the strangest statistics is that the majority of the losses, $43 billion, stemmed from direct interaction scams such as phishing emails. So pretty much bad actors are getting bolder and are willing to target people directly, which is very scary to think about. Another another statistics from 2020 says 2.2 million fraud reports were filed with the Federal Trade Commission. So consumers have also stated that they lost $3.3 billion in fraud in the same year. So that's pretty much double the money lost the same way in 2019, which was $1.8 million. And when you look at the statistics released by the Federal Trade Commission, you will soon see that these imposter scams were the most common type of fraud. And as mentioned, it's one of the most shocking types of identity theft. And another one, which... I thought was very shocking because I never really thought about it before is that someone becomes a victim of identity fraud every 14 seconds. So pretty much these studies have shown that every 14 seconds, someone becomes a victim of identity theft in the United States. And these sharp rise in attacks that we've seen in recent years have called, have caused more and more people to call for online data to be better protected. I see that a lot on the news lately 
especially when it comes to social media sites like Facebook or Instagram and what exactly you're doing with your information. And you really don't know. I think one of the things I find interesting is that in the terms and conditions, when you sign up for a website, they'll be really tiny as if and very long. So no one actually wants to go through it. And you never know what's actually written in there. And this is really sad, is that identity theft disproportionately affects the older population. So, you know, elderly people, they don't know technology as well as we do, or younger people do. And they often cannot tell the difference between a legitimate site or email and those that are fake. And I know of one of my grandpa's friends, he got like a call from the IRS. And I don't think they actually call you, but he didn't know that, or it was social security or something like that. And he actually got scammed, which is really sad. And it's not just elderly people, because 33% of Americans have been the victim of identity theft. So pretty much that's three times higher than the numbers from Germany or even other countries like France, and it's double the world average. So part of the reason why is because U.S. respondents leave their social media more open than worldwide users, and it makes them very vulnerable by exposing sensitive information to cyber thieves. I think a lot of people don't realize what they post on social media can be really dangerous, even if it's on accident, if you accidentally like post your license plate or, I don't know, your home address. Sometimes you don't even realize when it's in the background. So one thing that I would use is like a blurring app, which kind of blurs the background and just keeps your face is really helpful, especially if there's like something in the background that could, you know, release that information you don't want on the internet. And another one is that this is from the Federal Trade Commission as well, is that credit card fraud is the most common kind of identity theft. So they found that credit card theft was most common type with nearly 18,000 reports from various people who have stated that their information has been used to gain access to their credit card accounts illegally. So I recently opened my first bank account and it's pretty, pretty, um, makes me feel very independent and I've never really had that type of power before or control and it's really scary to think about how your hard-earned money can just go away like that if it falls into the wrong hands or something is breached and that's why it's very important to have what well, this is one advice is like a two-factor authentication which basically says that it's not just your password that has to be put in in order for you to get into your account, but also like another code that's maybe sent to your email or your phone number. And I think that's very helpful because it limits the chances of your bank account, you know, being breached or even other things. And this comes to a surprise to nobody, but people active on social media are more likely to have their details stolen. And this is from Business News Daily. So in fact, the actual statistic is that people who are active on social media are 30% more likely to have their details stolen when compared to other people. And actually, these are the main channels where, you know, attackers will seek out targets. So these statistics also show that Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram are exposed to an even higher risk, which makes the statistic 46%. Again, like, you really have to watch what you post. And I think young people don't realize a lot of the time, especially if they're first getting access to social media or maybe they haven't been taught about it. So sometimes I'll be like on TikTok and I'll see a video and it'll show like clear as day, like the name of someone's school or like maybe even their street, like which they live in, which is 
pretty scary to think about. And another interesting fact is also from the Federal Trade Commission is that most stolen identities were used to apply for government documents and benefits in 2020. So the second most common target of stolen ID use is credit card fraud. And after that is bank fraud and utility fraud. So it's very sad and actually can cause like PTSD because these people experience, you know, financial, psychological and reputational damage. Again, like um, thinking back to my grandpa's friend, it was really hard on him because, again, he he didn't know what was going on. And he probably I think he got an attorney to help him out, but I don't know if he's gotten his money back. And I'm not sure how much it was exactly that was taken from him, but it's still really unfair. So another one is from Time Magazine is that 2.5 million identities are stolen every year. So they don't even spare the debt because they can also become victims of cybercrime. So there have been over 800,000 incidents where criminals have exploited the identities of the deceased to open credit cards or even to get a cell phone plan. So students have shown that twice as many thieves use a fake social security number belonging to people who have passed away and that is so odd like I cannot even believe people would do that I mean I genuinely think that it can be traced back to them but I'm not sure how they're getting caught because a lot of the times they're untraceable and it really needs to be dealt with better and one out of five people in the European Union have experienced identity theft so the number is lower than America, but it's still pretty bad because you'll see that more than half of Europeans, 56%, have been the victim of cybercrime at least once in the last two years. So identity theft is the second most common type of cyber attack, and with one-third of the 56% mentioned above being victims. And the UK is the most vulnerable, with 53% of them from this country have reported some kind of ID theft. And Ireland has a rate of 50% and France comes in third at 45%. So coming back to America, it's actually Californians who are the main target for identity theft. So the Federal Trade Commission has found that Californians are the primary target with recent statistics showing that 147,000 complaints were filed from this state alone. And it kind of makes sense if you think about it, um, I live near the Silicon Valley, which is like, you know, the technology hub of the world pretty much. And you'll see a lot of things going on, especially with all these companies, you know, scattered around here. And if you look at the statistics for the top five worst U.S. states by identity theft, you'll see that Illinois comes in second and then Texas, Florida and Georgia. So millennials account for 35 percent of fraud cases in the United States. So, again, it's not just the elderly. It can be anyone. And they also received, the Federal Trade Commission received 2.2 million reports of fraud in 2020. So that's people between the ages of 20 and 40 account for like 35% of these reports. And on the other hand, people over 70 only accounted for 8%, which is kind of dispelling the stereotype. And the average financial losses experienced by the older population, however, were much higher compared to the younger generation. So... It's just really something that needs to be protected for elderly. I think one thing that my mom does is that she blocks numbers from my grandpa's phone because he gets them all the time. And 
I think that he's pretty smart. Like, he knows how to deal with it. But, again, like, I feel like I need to be smarter because sometimes I'll pick up the calls, too, just to see who's calling. But immediately, if they ask for, like, your information or it's, like, an automated message, I just hang up. And I wouldn't be the only one who would fall for it because over 1.3 million children have fallen victim to identity theft. So studies have shown that 50% of these children are at the age of six are younger and the average age is decreasing. And that goes back to how, you know, a lot of children have like unrestricted access to technology and maybe one day they're like playing on their mom's phone and they just get like a call and they'll accidentally give the information even though, because they've never been taught what to do with that. So I think if you are a parent who's giving your child technology, it's important to discuss the importance of, you know, keeping certain things to yourself. And families are actually expected to pay like 540 million out of pocket to account for fraud damage from the scam children. So this is data from 2017, and it shows that $2.6 billion in damages may be attributed to cybercrime involving children. So only 7% of adults know the person responsible for identity theft. And then when you look at children, you will see that this percentage skyrockets to 60%. And more often than not, crimes involving children are actually perpetrated by someone who knows them. So it's not just technology. You have to be careful of who they're interacting with and what exactly they want from them. And then another one is quite interesting because I buy a lot of these, is that gross losses from gift card fraud in 2021 exceeded 148 million. So gift cards are my go-to gift, but unfortunately, cybercrime statistics account for like the dark side of gift giving too, because gross losses from fraudulent gift card redeeming saw a sharp um, increase in the first three quarters of 2021, and it already surpassed the numbers for all of 2020. And it can be traced back to over 40,000 consumers who use gift cards to pay criminals. And we'll be talking more about staying safe from cybercrime and fraud and identity theft in the next segment, so make sure you stay tuned. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm your host, Ruhani, and I'm here with Hannah. Hello, I'm your other host, Hannah Sahoda. And um, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about identity theft. Yes, hello, my name is Hannah Sahoda, and I'm a reporter and host for the Express Yourself radio show with my segment, Empowerment and Equality. Today's discussion will be on identity theft and fraud. What, is, what exactly is identity theft? What are the different types of identity theft? How can you identify and avoid the risks of having your identity stolen online? What steps can be taken to prevent identity theft and fraud? Let's find out. Identity theft is a crime that occurs when an individual steals another person's personal information in order to commit fraud or other crimes. Examples of this personal identifying information can be names, identifying numbers, and credit card information. With the ever-increasing prevalence of technology and the internet in our society, especially in online shopping, identity theft has increased significantly and created millions of victims. In fact, around 1 in 15 people become victims of identity fraud throughout their lifetime, Americans being the most likely to have their identity stolen out of everyone in the world. In 2019, there was 3,200,329 total reports for identity fraud in the U.S. The reported number of victims increased over the pandemic, where technology became the main source of entertainment and interaction with other people for those in quarantine. There are many different forms of identity theft and fraud, but the main four are financial identity theft, tax identity theft, child identity theft, and medical identity theft. Each of these types targets a victim's personal information to make false callbacks or withdrawal for monetary gain. Financial identity theft occurs when someone compromises your existing financial account or creates new financial accounts while acting in your name. Financial accounts can include checkings or saving accounts, credit or debit cards, loans, medical billing accounts, insurance, you name it. The wide variety of applications a criminal can use with your information is precisely what makes this crime so damaging and dangerous, especially to people who are in need of money and cannot afford to be scammed. According to the Ait Novakia Group, 47% of Americans experienced financial identity theft in 2020, and credit card fraud accounted for 35.4% of identity theft cases in 2018, making financial identity theft one of the most common forms of fraud. Tax identity theft is quite similar to financial identity theft. But instead of creating or compromising financial accounts, this form of fraud occurs when an individual uses stolen personal information, such as your social security number, in order to file a tax return claiming a fraudulent refund. This can affect consumers, but is significantly more devastating to the welfare of businesses. Every year, businesses lose billions of dollars to refund fraud. 
This type of fraud occurs when criminals use stolen credit card information to make fraudulent purchases and then request refunds for those items. This crime is extremely difficult to pinpoint and can land an innocent person in trouble with the law or with large-scale companies. According to the Federal Trade Commission, Consumer Central Network, which tracks consumers' reports of identity theft and fraud, there were 92,620 reports of employment or tax-related fraud in the first three quarters of 2020. Child identity theft is a form of fraud that happens when someone takes the personal information of minors rather than adults who are under 18 in order to get services and benefits or to commit fraud, even though they may not have any relation with the child nor have the necessary financial dependence to obtain these benefits. Criminals can use a child's social security number, name, address, or date of birth to exploit these minors without the knowledge of parents because they are one of the most vulnerable groups when it comes to financial security and safety. Oftentimes, children do not know that they are being exploited due to not being exposed to finances that are generally managed and handled by their guardians or caretakers. More than 1.3 million children are victims of identity theft, and 50% of these youngsters are under the age of six. Medical identity, the fourth class, is less profit-based and more product-based. This type of fraud occurs when someone uses another person's name or insurance information to obtain medical treatment, prescription drugs, or surgery. This fraud can be extremely profitable, as many criminals will exploit these prescription drugs for their own personal use or to sell it in addition to receiving healthcare for free. Medical identities are 20 to 50 times more valuable to criminals than financial identities because of these numerous benefits. However, this type of fraud can be the most debilitating to victims, as it basically takes everything away from them. 65% of victims needed almost $13,500 to pay off fraudulent bills. Of all the victims studied, 3% lost their jobs, and 23% purposely gave their health care info to someone they knew to help them out. Remember, many scammers and thieves are oftentimes someone the victim knows personally or is close to because they have the most access to the sensitive information. When discussing identity theft and fraud, many envision a sinister hacker in a dark hoodie surrounded by several high-tech computers with code. However, many of these criminals are ordinary people who exploit vulnerable or ignorant people in order to steal their identity and invade all aspects of their life for profit. There is a variety of ways that identity thieves can obtain sensitive and personal information, such as digging through mail or trash in search of credit cards or sensitive financial information, um, hacking into their victim's computer and using unsecure websites, stealing wallets or purses to obtain credit cards and IDs, purchasing sensitive information from other parties, such as bank or mortgage employees that are susceptible to bribery, and the most common method is phishing for electronic information with uh, scams such as phony emails, text messages, and websites that are solely designed to steal sensitive information. Another way that they can obtain sensitive and personal information is to skim information from an ATM, which is also a very, very common method. 
This is done through an obtained electronic device, which they attach to the ATM and steals the information stored on a credit or debit card's magnetic strip, even though the person may not have given them access. As time goes on, these methods will become more intricate and therefore every individual should be wary and very cautious regarding their personal information because there are identity thieves around every corner. There are some ways to protect yourself from possible threats and hacking, such as freezing your credit when there's suspicious activity, being very, very careful about who knows your social security number, as anyone can be an identity thief, and most of the perpetrators are extremely close to or near the victim in some way. Another way is recognizing phishing scams and spoofing, such as spam calls and spam emails we've all received. The ones where they go, your bank account has been compromised, call this number now, or another popular one is, we're from the police department and need your information. These are not true and oftentimes are scams to obtain your personal information for fraud. Another way to protect yourself is to use strong passwords and please be safe online. Don't leave personal information out on paper or any viewable source, even on the internet. There are many ways to access it, which can lead to you being a victim of identity fraud. And lastly, and a very important thing to do is checking up on your credit reports and bank information to make sure that no purchases are being made without your knowledge and to ensure that your financial security is protected and safe. Identity theft and fraud are very common and scary situations that no one would like to experience. So with this information and tips on how to protect yourself from identity thieves, we can all feel empowered and educated when making financial decisions in all aspects of life. Please stay safe and always remember to trust your gut when it comes to fraud. Even if everything seems okay and normal, it does not hurt to check up on your bank account information or to install two-step verification to ensure your protection and safety. Wow, that was a lot of information and a lot of the statistics um, are very shocking. Like I didn't expect, like, especially for young children, like I did not like think that was, I thought it would impact the elderly more, but it looks like it's pretty balanced. And I was wondering if you knew, what are some like indicators that someone has become a victim to identity theft and fraud? Yes, that's a great question. Um, being a victim to identity theft and fraud, there are many indicators that can indicate that someone has become a victim, such as not receiving usual email statements. That means someone may have hacked their email or is using their email for nefarious purposes. Receiving bills for transactions that the individual did not purchase. Um, another indicator is new accounts that have been recently opened under the victim's name, even though they didn't do it which indicates that a new account has been opened with their personal and sensitive information. Uh, another very strong indicator is with credit score and credit reports. If there is any suspicious information on credit reports or that lead to your credit score declining, that is one of the largest indicators that something is wrong with your purchases and financial situation. I see. So and I'm sure. Any, anything suspicious with finances is a strong indicator that someone had become a victim to identity theft. 
Oh, yeah. Sorry for cutting you off. I was just like thinking about, you know, if it actually does happen to a person, um, what should they do to like, you know, combat it? Many people don't know how to combat identity theft because no one expects it to happen to them. But there are many methods you can use to proceed after your identity has been compromised. uh, One great example is contacting both the local and national authorities as soon as possible to lodge a report. The sooner the better. And if you are sure that your account has been compromised, call all bank and credit card companies to freeze your assets so that the identity thief cannot make a new account or withdraw money or information while acting as if they were you. Um, Another step you can take is to keep records of all purchases and transactions as evidence and to make sure that the thief is not extracting any more payments from your account. And lastly, you could contact credit reference agencies, which are private agencies, to gain a report of your credit and financial data, which is very good when trying to find out if your identity has been compromised. I see. And is there anything that like you in particular do to like prevent it happening? Or maybe you have like a plan if anything goes wrong? Have you ever thought about it? If anything goes wrong, personally, I keep my personal and sensitive information off online. I'm very careful about who I share it with. But if my identity was stolen, I would probably follow each one of these steps. Like first contact the police and then immediately freeze all my assets so that my finances wouldn't be drained. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important, especially as, you know, we get into adulthood and we start opening, you know, our bank accounts and we start making incomes of our own. Like, we really want to protect it. And I think we've, like, kind of gone over this, but who is actually, like, the most targeted and vulnerable for identity theft? That's a great question. Um, Identity thieves Um, go for victims who are most vulnerable and susceptible to being scammed or tricked. Groups who are usually targeted are consumers between the age of 49 and 70, um, groups with mental or physical impairments, and college students or people who are unfamiliar or naive with finances are mainly targeted. However, essentially anyone can become a victim to identity theft and fraud. So I, again, strongly encourage everyone to be very serious and secretive with their personal information. Yeah, and what do you recommend someone does if they've, like, accidentally posted on online already? Maybe it hasn't spread yet, but, like, do you think there's anything one can do to, like, change that? I would say delete all of the information you posted online immediately. Yeah. Because anything on the internet lasts forever but it is better to just delete it so no one can take advantage of that. And then if I personally had accidentally posted something online, whether it be like a password or an account, I would probably make sure that no one had gone into my account and then proceed to change all of my passwords and verification steps just to make sure that I'm personally safe. Yeah, I think two-step verification is great. I think it really does help, and it's just a little thing you have to do. But sometimes it's an inconvenience, like, when you don't have, like, your phone nearby and you get texted a code. But I still think I recommend it for a lot of people. And, you know, we've been talking about identity thieves and what they do, and I feel like it's very hard to trace them. So how often are they caught? 
Unfortunately, identity thieves are almost never caught and brought to justice. Research shows that the federal authorities can only manage to arrest 0.14% of the criminals, which is approximately 1 in 700 theft suspects. They're so hard to trace, which is why it's important to prevent being a victim. Yeah, I think a lot of them probably... Well, I love watching these, like, prank videos on YouTube where they, like, prank call a scammer. And it seems like they call... They're, like, from a lot of different places around the world, like, globally. So it's kind of, you know, interesting to see. Like, it's pretty much everywhere. And it looks like they have a pattern with, you know, who they're targeting sometimes. Like, people who are calling us scammers. Yes, you're exactly right. I've seen those videos as well. Um, Yeah, you can see in those videos that they're oftentimes very organized. Like they have like a little room and they have all of their collar headsets. So you know that they know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. which is why I think they're so hard to trace. Because online, it's very easy to make yourself disappear, I feel. Yeah. Nowadays, especially with all the technology. So... Stealing someone's information nowadays seems so easy because if you hack them and get their credit card, it could just be devastating to someone's life and it could be done in an instant, which I think is very, like, not fascinating, but shocking. Like, yeah, very shocking. Yeah, and I think another scary thing that's going on lately is, like, doxing, which is, like, when someone will actually, like get someone's information and like post online as like a punitive measure or something like if someone says something you disagree with online you somehow find their information and post it which is like mm-hmm. a revenge method which is like really bad like that's a crime people I've seen it like happen actually online yes oh my god I've seen that all the time as well especially on twitter yeah it is a very large problem I've seen yeah like people will take their like IP address and like just post it which is like IP address contains like I think where you live and also some other information I'm not exactly sure but like that's so scary like being in that situation must be terrible I know especially if it's just maybe a silly opinion on like maybe like you're commenting on your favorite celebrities post and (laughs) someone doesn't like what you said and then they release your address (laughs) very scary I would imagine yeah, I've actually seen it happen because of, cele- like, celebrities, like, you know, different fan bases, they'll, like, argue, and then, like, you know, just because they insulted their favorite singer, you're going to have your address posted online. No, that's so scary. Yeah, it really is, and, you know, it's that's why it's important to, you know, also be, you know, careful while you're posting online and who you're interacting with, because you never know, like, who wants to leak your information. Yeah, this is definitely true. Uh, Like, personally, I believe that no one is truly, like, honest on the internet. Like, you can never trust anyone fully on the internet. Like, you can talk to someone and maybe have them as a friend, but I would definitely not recommend, you know, online with a random stranger sharing opinions or information, because I feel like that's a one-way ticket to either getting hacked or ending up in a bad situation. Yes, especially if you're, like, young. Like, there's, there's, like, these games, like, Roblox, which is basically a virtual world where you can, like, chat, like, I think they, like, censor some things. I didn't play it, but, like, a lot of my friends did in, like, elementary school. Like, there's, like, a lot of games like that, actually. No, yeah, you're totally right. Roblox is very, very popular, along with, um, I believe, Minecraft. Minecraft is extremely popular as well. 
I think that's also a way people like on different servers that's Mm -hmm. also a way like maybe young children can use to be exposed to strangers yeah yeah it is and I used to play like a game called Club Penguin, which I think shut down <laughs> by Disney. Me too. Yeah, it was it was a great game, and I like had the chat option. And like one time, like my dad saw me chatting, and he got like really mad, and he like took <laughs> off me, and I was like really disappointed. But like I see why now. Like I was probably gonna like leak my information on Club Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, I, I totally agree. Now, now I feel like they're making it safer. Like um, I know this popular game. I don't know if it's popular anymore, but when I was a child, Pop Tropica. I used to play that too. (laughs) Yeah, it was very, very popular. And you couldn't actually type things. Like they gave you automated messages like hello or goodbye. You couldn't type anything. So I think that's a safety measure that companies are now taking for games. Yeah, and it's a much better alternative, you know, like, you never know who you're interacting with online again, like, especially on children's games, you'd think it's, like, just young people, but, like, probably not, you know, and another thing I know that people, like, do online on, like, different forms of social media, if they, like, have an account that's exposed to younger people, they'll, like, put their age in their, like, you know, information, so people know, and I think that's a great thing to do, because some people aren't comfortable, you know, talking to people over 18, or, you know, Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing to do, especially if you're a minor. Yeah, I I agree. But if it's one of those self-posting things where you can write your own age, I also wouldn't trust that because... Oh, that's true. Catfishing. Yeah. Know? Especially, like, that's one of the main methods that, like, in identity thieves use. Like, they catfish vulnerable people and then build a sense of trust and then snatch your information and boom, your account is gone (laughs) yeah again like for children and for elderly and for millennials like it's all the same everyone's vulnerable to it I mean it just has to be prevented and like you said we have to know all the steps and you know different things we can use to determine whether or not you know we've got our identity theft stolen or yeah our identity stolen (laughs) I agree internet safety is the number one priority agreed I think we've had this conversation before similar I think we talked about like you know, how sometimes people share these, like, sensitive pictures or other stuff. I mean, it all goes back to the same thing, you know, knowing what you're doing and who you're talking to. Oh, yes, I definitely remember. We had a very depth conversation on how, like, internet can lead to the exploitation of especially, like, minors or maybe people who aren't used to interacting with strangers. Um, So I definitely agree. All of this, I feel, ties in. Internet safety... Since the since society has become so modernized and so internet-based, I feel like everyone relies on the internet and social media for communication. All of this, like internet phishing or maybe catfishing, it's all tied together, I feel. It really is. And, you know, as we become more like digitalized, we have to keep in mind and you gave such great information. So thank you for that. And... Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but make sure you stay tuned because we'll be talking more about this in the next one. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the lucky star you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Ruhani. And I'm your other host, Hannah. Today's show is all about identity theft and fraud. We'll be talking about how to keep yourself safe from it. One tip I have for credit monitoring are the apps LifeLock and Credit Karma, because these two apps are very essential in monitoring your financial situation. They are, they're very good with sending reports regularly, so you can track your purchases or you can track your account to make sure nothing suspicious is happening, which is essential and avoiding internet fraud or phishing. So that's what something I would recommend personally. Yeah, I think those would work great. You know, I haven't used them yet, but I definitely think I will once, you know, I'm a little bit older and I make a bit more money. But one thing that I was actually told when I was like opening my checking account is to make sure all your contact information is up to date with banks, credit cards, investment firms, and other financial institutions. And actually, Many people have fraud on their accounts and they don't find out quickly because companies don't have your like cell phone number or even a correct email or mailing address. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, giving your account information to the bank is, is vital because then they'll notify you. But on the topic of sharing information, I think if it's not from a reputable source such as the bank and you're on social media or maybe you're online shopping at a website that might not be that might not be the safest. Um, it would be wise to use fake information like a fake birthday, name, age, etc. When they ask, because every time there is a requirement for your information, and this way they don't have your data, and you can also like shop or search the internet safely. Exactly. And you don't really know what they do with the information. You know, there's a lot of apps that are under fire recently. Like I saw this whole article on Flow, which is like a period tracker app. And apparently they literally sell your data about your menstrual cycles to like um, 
I don't know exactly where they were selling it to, but it can't be good. Mm-hmm. Wow, Flow? I've heard of that. I've heard of um, not like apps, but also like medical companies, like pharmacies. Like they, from third com- third parties, they sell information. Um, like 23andMe, the genetics test. Mm-hmm. I, I, there was a lot of controversy around it because they would sell your genetic disposition to other companies and or like your insurance and your insurance would take that and base your like base your payment off of the information they received yeah yeah that's why it's like so scary to even put like such intimate vulnerable details of your life out there and you really have to like weigh the pros and cons I feel I always wanted to take like a 23 and me test but like I don't know I think you have to see which one matters more like your genetic composition or your data, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one that I find is very important is to be careful when you're like traveling. And that's because, you know, when you lose a passport or driver's license in a different country, it can be a recipe for a disaster. You never know who's going to like find it or duplicate it. And one thing that I have is like when I travel with multiple people, you always have like one reliable person hold on to the IDs. Um, like if I go on a family vacation, it's usually my dad because he's the one that's always responsible, you know, putting it in the right place. And if you're traveling alone, which I've done twice, actually, fanny packs are a helpful, helpful bag because it's around your waist and it's pretty hard to lose. Like I can't see that happening and you can just put your passport and other forms of ID in there. That's brilliant. I love fanny packs. I, I personally have one as well. And it comes with like a little clip. So that no one can open it very easily, like from the back or from the front. So I definitely agree with you on being careful when you're traveling, especially yeah. with passports, because your your whole identity is on there. If you lose it, you're basically nobody in a foreign country. I know. Um, speaking of like identification and like identifying you as a person, um, there's always like online. Did you? Even with Google or Gmail, there's always an authentication process, I've noticed. And recently, they've come up with a two-step verification process, which is something I personally, I'm a very big fan of because it provides extra security. And I find that it requires more than just your username and password. It requires a one-time code that's sent almost immediately by text or email that you actually need to log into. So your information is completely safe. Your identification is very safe. Like no one can steal steal your identity. Like they could a passport, you know, because it's not physical. It's mm-hmm. online. Yeah. And being notified is so important, which is why you should really like sign up for like those transaction alerts with your bank or, you know, so you get those alerts immediately or you have an app like Credit Karma that's going to release those reports for you it's like very important to be in the know like I'd say maybe like check your score or your reports at least like um, once a month I think yeah that's super important uh I know my sister she has cash app and they always whenever she makes a purchase or she delivers money or receives money they always send her an email that's confirming did you purchase this or did you send this much money Yeah, which is is a great feature, which so I would recommend watching out for links in emails or text messages, maybe that you'll receive from your bank, because 
when you have identity theft, oftentimes you won't receive these emails or you can get sketch emails that pretend to be your bank. Um, and then if you click on them, it'll take all of your information, like your bank, credit card, IRS, you know, they'll, they'll never send you fake emails. So mm -hmm. I would recommend not falling for those too, because those are really dangerous. Yes. And it's very rare, like, like, like the social security would call you, like, you know, like, I feel like health insurance wouldn't call you and like, IRS, like Social Security Administration, if they like call you, like we were talking about these like scammers um, who are like dispersed around the world, make sure you don't like give them any information to a caller you weren't expecting. Um, you know, it can be very scary. They're like telling you like, oh, you're in deep trouble. We need your information. But the best thing to do is like just hang up. And if you think it's like a genuine call, maybe contact the company or agency. Because I know one time my mom got called from like Social Security and I was in the car and I was like so scared. I was like, mom, they have your social security. But um, she basically like called someone and they're like, no, we would send you a letter about this instead. So it was it was a scam call. No, exactly. I agree. When I was young, they're, they've gotten very convincing. Yeah. Like, over the years, I feel like it's gone from, you know, this is the police. We need your information for da 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 to very detailed, intricate scenarios that you can't really you know, verify unless you call the direct bank or the Social Security Administration. So that's a very, very smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, in addition, like scam callers, when they call you, your cell phone and maybe even your email, if you respond, can be breached, especially if you respond. They'll send it to third parties and that could compromise your identity and even expose your financial accounts above all else. Because a lot of identity thieves I've noticed online, personally, like scammers, they always try to breach your account and convince you to reset your password, change your notifications, um, so that it won't go to your cell phone or email, and then they can access all of your accounts. So that's something I've noticed recently, like the development. Yeah. And like you said, like they've gotten really smart at how they talk to you. Um, when I was younger, um, we would get calls on our home phone all the time from this one person about like a scam call. And my dad would always like entertain them for a few minutes. It's always super funny. And they would get really mad on the other line. But like, I feel like these days they like talk very professionally and like they want to convince you that they know what they're doing. And all these like schemes is like even in your mail, because sometimes you will have mail that's addressed to someone else that uses your address or mail addressed to you that doesn't make sense. So like maybe it's like for loans or health insurance statements. So if you get those letters, it's very important to like immediately contact where it's coming from. I know. I think we talked about that earlier as well. Like if you receive credit, like new credit cards or new store cards that you didn't order, chances are someone's posing as you and ordering it from your account, which is why it's going to your house. I remember one time we got a fake Village Fresh coupon. It was like a little card and we didn't know where it came from. So we called up our bank and we're like, is everything all right? Has our identity been compromised? And they just said a random person had just relisted a random name. And so it had been mailed to our house. So I feel like that's very applicable to today because they didn't have our information 
But if you put like a random name, maybe some random address, they could, you know, send something to your house. Exactly. And it's crazy the lengths that people will go to to like scam you and you just got to be safe and careful and, you know, have someone you're like around you, you trust to like confide in about all of this and hopefully they'll help you out. Mm -hmm. I agree. Especially for like financial accounts, there's always <laughs> my mother, she always tells me to not use the same password on more than one account. Every I remember last week, she was like, two step verification, two step verification. So I finally enabled it. And then I was like, okay, this is very, very good for my safety, even though it might be a bit inconvenient at times. Um, so that would be a tip I would also do. Don't use the same password on more than one account because chances are if someone hacks your Gmail and then they find that, oh, they have this password and then they start plugging it into different websites such as like Amazon or maybe sites you might like, then the thief can do way more damage than if they just had that account. Agreed. And, you know, I hope these tips are like helpful to people and I hope everyone enjoyed our show today. But unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.com. Be the star you are.org. Make sure you find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio and protect yourself and your identity. Be alert. Don't fall for scams. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions LLC as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit expressyourselfteenradio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself go.